What's up, Move Two Weeks Morning fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown, the official after show of the movie trivia Schmodown. My name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as The Boat. Oh, my God. You're my dream boat, for sure. Brad Gilmore in this bitch. And I'm joined early, often, and all the time here on Schmodown Rundown 249. Didn't even mean to rhyme. His name is Frank Janish. Sexy numbers. Sexy. Sexy player. Sexy. Sexy. Say it again. It's number 249. I'm here for a good time. Ah, that's right. Hey. That's right. Hey. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Kind of a... Today, you know, obviously we're starting a little early by like... Two know, hours? Two hours earlier. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. You know, yep. things happen. You know, things happen. Things happen, man. I will say so. I So... The, the reason is because of me, mm-hmm. and we have a um, rea- we being reality wrestling, we have a big event going down in a baseball stadium, no what? less. Yeah, a minor league baseball stadium for about nine thousand people, and the thousands and the thousands of the boats fans will be out there hmm. enjoying the festivities of reality wrestling. So I have to be there live. But Frank Janish. I don't even think that's the biggest thing that's going to happen today. I think the rundown is huge, but I don't think that's the biggest thing that's going Uh-oh. to happen today. We had a big match happen today. I don't think that's the biggest thing that's happened today in the world of the movie trivia showdown. The biggest thing that happened today is this surfaced online. Look at that. Yeah. This is a flirt and flouse. Yeah. FCL champion. Now, that's a poster you'd want on your wall. That's, um... There's a lot of um, stuff going on there, Brad. I don't know if I'd put that on a wall. I put it, I'd put on, my it wall. on a. I put it on a floor. I on a floor. I put it in a uh, closet. Closet. I put it. You'd want to open your closet to get ready and have that stare. No, 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 no. It'd be behind my my hanging clothes for sure. Okay. Yeah. So when like, you like get, like if I had like a ten foot walk in closet, which I do, yeah. uh, it'd be. All the way in the back. I don't even go to the back, actually. I just I only use really the first first four feet. The other five, six are just for memorabilia stuff. I store, uh, which I guess, you know what? Now that I'm talking about it out loud, I wouldn't even put it there. Hmm, look at that. Hmm. Where hmm. would I put it? Wait, wait, that is your FCL <laughs> champion. No, it looked floss. great. It looked great, it actually. It looks great. It did. It looks great. I really liked the uh, the, the Flouse Class League up top on the on the hat there. Looked very O-fish. It did. Very O-fish. O-fish. Yeah. I'm Is that saying... short for official? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. It is now. It is now. I it just That's just how I talk. I don't say full scent. Oh, you don't say full scent. That's... <laughs> I gotta say you have it on that one. Yeah. Um Welcome to the show, guys. We're gonna be talking about things that happened to the Schmodown and we're going to be running them down for the two hundred and forty ninth time here on this illustrious podcast. The only show that matters. Only show it's that true. matters. I think and, we're um, also the only ones that know that though, to be honest. <laughs> what does that mean? I just I just feel like, you know, because we're really at the end of the week, and, and, and people have already, I think, gotten their fill. They're just worried about the matches. But but we're always breaking it down, and we're always giving quality 
analysis and input and and does somebody does somebody come come for us no, do we have smoke no. that i don't know about no, no, that no, i need to no. address i just i just i think you know i, I sometimes i like to light an imaginary fire yeah uh, underneath you know just kind of like mj you know because i'm from chicago like that's what we do you you're know? from oh you're from chicago yeah didn't okay. you know i don't know why <laughs> oh yeah hey here comes a here comes a fastball yeah. <laughs> you see, you're a White Sox fan, so I can't get on you for like Sammy Sosa and things like that. You know? No, because we I mean, I mean, no, you can't. There's really nothing you can do. You Have can't. you seen Sammy Sosa recently? I saw him once upon a time ago. Yeah. 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 You know, he it's looks cat uh, these days. Oddly, yeah. like the flirting flouse. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if they're related. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, you never know, man. Well, um. We have three matches to break down today. Also, a big pay-per-view match going down tomorrow, or big match going down tomorrow that we'll be talking about. Ethan Big Time Irwin versus the original Big Time, Ben Bateman, also known as The Boss. And uh, we'll be breaking down what happened there. Ryan Christensen, thank you for the 1919 Chicago Bulls. It was 100 years incident. ago! It's 100 thank years! Thank you. Uh, Thank you they, for the also, reminder. Look at such a great scandal. They had to make a movie about it. So yeah, I you mean, don't think there's going to be an Astros movie? No, there's definitely a snuff film, if anything. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. Um, <laughs> eight Men Out, though, solid movie. Solid great movie. movie. Great movie. Um, we're going to be breaking down the action from today, from this week. So I guess we could actually start with the Chance Ellison Lon Harris match that went on last. Was that last Friday's match? That was I last believe? Friday. Yeah. Um, going into this. Although both have been playing very well, um, I think Chance has been a real three-tool player in the sense of he's been able to hang and bang in IG. We know what he's been doing in teams, and then now we have um, you know him kind of making a singles run. I would think that he was probably the favorite going into this, but Lon Harris is another guy who Lon is somebody remember. If it, longtime fans of this show know, I was <laughs> out on Lon Harris early. Yeah. I said, no, this man doesn't have what it takes. He's got the yips, right? I said, Lon Harris had the yips. And then quickly, after he kind of stopped being professorial and started embracing his delinquency, hmm. he started to turn me. I said, you know what? This this guy, you know, he might be my kind of guy. And, um, and he's been playing well. But I thought going into this that Chance would be the, the – um, the favorite. Did did you feel as though Chance was the favorite in this match? Yeah, I did. Um, I just think he's always been such a solid, consistent player that that's what would give him the edge. Lon, you know, he's been up and down. Even in singles, in teams, um, for the most part, though, he's been on the up and up, but he is prone to have the yips from time to time. And, uh, you know, I think it cost them a little bit in final exam versus Shazam last year, right? Mm -hmm. um, also, I mean, Paul didn't really play to the top of his abilities, but Lon, you know, he had a couple good games and there's like, he has like a couple good games and he has kind of like a clunker. That's kind of like the pattern it's been with Lon Harris's career. That's why he's mostly just a 500 player with, and it's hard to imagine that with a guy who has so much knowledge, who knows so much, who can talk, um, very eloquently and and professionally about film and everything that goes into it. Uh, it's hard to imagine that this uh, this player in Lon Harris 
is a little bit inconsistent, but that is, you know, the nature of the game is trying to master the game. You know, his career number coming into this match answering 75%. And you got with Lon Harris answering 75% of his questions. Like, really? I thought it'd be, you know, for sure in the 80s. But, you know, again, he gets these ups and downs types of plays. Chance, on the other hand, very consistent on in every match he ever plays, even if it's inner geekdom, Absolutely. Uh, teams, singles. Coming into this match, he was answering 83, almost 84% of his questions in the singles Crazy. division. And he does just about the same, if not slightly better in teams in that team setting. So when you look at those numbers, you go, I would favor Chance just based on his consistency. But if Juan has one of these epic Lon days, well, it could be a tight one. Yeah, Fool's Gill says this in the chat. I want to just highlight what Fool's Gill says. I really enjoy Lon, but where is he now? I don't think that he should be the number two on swag. What do you feel about that statement? I, I guess that's more pertaining to teaming up with Paul because yes. I think I think that's what he's referencing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that they still. I mean, I'd have to look at the whole roster for swag, but I still feel like Lon and Paul. They have. I think that they. I think they're a solid team. I, I don't oh, see absolutely. Paul being. I mean, who else is on that team that he could really be paired with? I mean, Ace, Laura, they're Star Wars. Right. Then you have Chandru, IG. Um, I know I don't know all the swag players off the top of my head. I mean, you had uh, Frank Moran, right. who um, I don't think would be ready for that spot. Who else is on swag? So I'm looking it up right now just to make sure we got that correct. Um, someone else, I mean, there's Vinny, who's actually Mancuso, pretty... Mancuso, I could see. I yeah. could I could entertain that. I would still take Lon over Mancuso, but I like I like that idea. There's Haley Fouch, Jen Kemp, Jonathan Harris, and Bradley Tingle, who we haven't mentioned yet. And Zip. Hmm. Once upon a time ago, Oyama and Zip. Once were upon a, team. a time, man, they said I what was wait, what did she say? Once upon a time, man, they said that I was ugly. Oh. Cardi B. Yeah. If it's you know, up, it was funny. It's I was just thinking today. I can still hear in my brain. Cardi B saying coronavirus, you know, when she's, you know, coronavirus. <laughs> I could just, it's just like melted into my, imprinted into my brain. But did you know if yeah. it's up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's stuck. Hmm. Did you know that? I had my suspicions, but uh, things So if it's up, then it's stuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what that means? Is it family friendly, Brad? Yeah. So it's like if it's up, then it's stuck. Means if you have beef, yeah, and we have beef. Gotcha. If it's up, then it's stuck. Gotcha. You got me. Okay. Zip, I could see. Mm -hmm. But do you would you put Zip in there over Alon? I don't think so. No, and that's the thing. Like I, I think Alon is the optimal partner for Paul right now. So and look yeah. in the off season last year, there was talks of Paul perhaps going a different way. You know, obviously there was the whole Ben Bateman angle and nothing obviously came up and he ended up with Dan Merle. So would Paul perhaps entertain a new partner next year? I don't know. It depends what we see from final exam this year, presumably in the next tournament and, or, or whatever, you know, whenever they appear and see how they play, that could be, I think if they don't get to a title match, you know, if it's not as spectacular, I don't know. I think they have to take some serious time to consider what to do with that with that team. 
But that's mm. like we're just like way off the path now of this match. <laughs> yeah, we're way off the path. Let's talk about this match in particular. Break it down from a from a statistical analysis standpoint, Janish. Yeah. So first round, uh, eight to nine. Chance goes perfect. Uh, Lon misses the bonus. He goes perfect, but misses the bonus. And uh, so Chance does get that one point edge. Chance decides to go first. He keeps Eddie Murphy on his first spin. Knocks out of the park. Four for four. Full eight points. And then Lon Harris spins away or. Lands on DreamWorks animated, and uh, he ends up going. I mean, he spun it twice, rather I should say. He spun on the first, spun away, landed on it, and he only goes two for four. He started out pretty good, hitting the first two for uh, for combined four points there, but then gave up uh, three points and steals on those final two questions. So Chance was up eight points Oof. over Lon Harris, twenty to twelve, Oof. and through these first two rounds, I got to tell you. Everything just went Chance's way. It was one of those days where everything lined up perfectly for him. And if that happens, I, even I don't care if you're Dan Merle, Adam Collins, Ben Bateman, Ethan Irwin, Chance is going to win 9.9 times out of 10. It just when it lines up that way, he's he's that good. When you when he gets things in his wheelhouse, uh, there's I don't know, there's that many more players that can that can withstand that. And that goes for a yeah. lot of elite players, you know, and I think chances there he just hasn't had the run we've all thought he would have at this point. But he's oh, so good. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Well, I mean, look, that's that we has all, he played in the title match? That we no. all are are who was early on chance? Who bought up we all, all the bit me and you no, were. Who bid who bought yeah, exactly. Who bought up all the Bitcoin and the Dogecoin? <laughs> that's right. And then all the, the crypto. Yeah, yeah. We we bought it all on chance, Ellison. I don't want to hear anybody else. If you're gonna credit anyone with trumpeting the greatness of Chance Ellison, you start with Frank Janish and Brad Gilmore. We said it, and I still believe it. This guy, though, right now is. Are you ready for the 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 word of the week? Uh-oh, he is on it. the precipice of greatness in this singles division. And you know what? I think I heard Saul say this maybe on backstage, right? I think this is what I think he said this about Chance. He might have said it about Mike, but I'm going to adapt it to Chance if he didn't. Chance playing in multiple divisions makes him stronger in each division, not weaker. That's that's what I think. I think that because he is constantly sharpening his tool. What do they say? Iron sharpens iron, yeah. right? And by consistently playing and consistently having to battle not the okayest, some of the best in each respective division, he has only gotten to be a much stronger player than I think that anybody would have thought he would have been. I think that's all credit to the way Intergeekdom expanded. Because I think he already knew a lot of those movies, whether it's like Transformers or Pirates of the Caribbean. Like He loves all that stuff. Yes. And so that just added to his, um, oh, his lethal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It added to his lethal. Also, by the way, shout out to Chris Clark. He had a birthday this past week. Shout uh, out to Chris Clark at, go drop my uh, happy birthday yeah. at Chris Clark 8788. Those numbers mean Nothing. nothing. But that's they right. mean something to us. They do mean something to us. Because they mean nothing. They mean that's what, how they mean something. Anyways, uh so I think, you know, the way Intergeekdom expanded really benefited a player like Chance and probably a few other players. And uh, so that does help him 
you know, he can throw in some of these inner geekdom categories on the wheel, right? And really, and have, whether it's like a Transformers or something of, of the newer expanded edition of IG, that really gives him a leg up in, in, in these matches. It didn't really pertain to this match, but in future matches, it really could. And I think, uh, I saw a comment here from Mr. Howe here. How? So we might finally be seeing Chance's first real significant singles run. Feels like, like a long coming. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think so. But and is it a long, like, here's the thing, too, is we we look at if a player doesn't get a title match in their first year, oh, it's taking too long, right? How many times did Michael Jordan have to battle yeah. to get just past the first round of the playoffs, right? Um, so the fact that Chance Ellison hasn't done it yet you could say it's a long time coming, or you can say he's coming into it at the right time. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still a long time coming for me because I think he could have. He could have. He's been in the league for a few years now. I think he could have had this run. I think we were. I thought we were going to see that run last year, but then he ran into mm. Liz Shannon Miller. Yes. So I think a lot of people you know, did. So I think we're looking at maybe that was the year, and I think he, he certainly thought the same. Um, but that just didn't happen. Uh, Ronnie Be Good here, he says, also having the ability to put IG slices on the singles wheel is huge. Completely agree. Um, and this goes back to, you know, you you just kind of echoed the same theory, but being able to play in all these divisions is just making him such a monster yeah. right now. Yeah, that's what I think. So uh, this match ended in a TKO for Corruption, for Chance, and uh, Swag get, loses another point here in the standings. Uh, Lon Harris ends up with 14 points. The chance is 20. And a big victory for chance, big victory for corruption. I mean, they're climbing up the ranks now. Uh, they were down in the dumps, and now, you know, they're right there in the top of the standings. And you know, here they come, and then tournament season comes, and you you got to – the dungeon, clean up the and, exchange, and, yeah. you know, even the mercs, they're going to be, you know – I think trading, swapping spots with corruption in the exchange and perhaps the dungeon, um, you know. So that, that that top four, top five is going to be interesting. I think come tournament are, season and corruption is going to could be positioned very well. Are you still sold on the fact that dungeon's going to run away with this thing for the whole year? I don't think I was ever sold. That no, they were yes, run you away. Were. Somebody with pull up the tape. Go ahead. Pull up the tape. I, I call I shenanigans. Said, I think there was a specific, a specific set of circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you're mumbling now. <laughs> a specific set of circumstances that they could, uh, and I think it hinged on winning, um, going deep into that Star Wars tournament, which just didn't happen for them. But they have an opportunity tomorrow night, Ben Bateman tomorrow does, night. to pick up four points and get a guaranteed minimum seven Ooh. with the possibility of eight if Merle defends later on down the line if Bateman gets to that opportunity. So, uh, anyways, Corruption, Corky Mercs, Finstock Exchange, the the Dungeon, I mean, they're all in the hunt. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tight once we get into that tournament season and see who's playing in which tournaments and all that. So, But Corruption is positioning themselves, you know, for – a good run that could put them at the top of the table again, or right there at the top, near the top. It'll be, uh, and but it starts with this this type of match from Chance, and then obviously Mike Kalinowski will have a match against Chandru down the Pony down the line. That's a huge opportunity for big seven points yeah. there. So, um, or wait, he's got to play. Yeah, he's playing Chandru. Chance, so that's only, that's four points, not 
Um, or no, wait, that's seven points. My bad. He be yeah, be a defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Kalinowski, best intergame player of all time. So Frank, real quick, what's what Star Wars that which which poster is that behind you? I've been meaning to ask you. Which one, one is that from? Yeah. The first movie. <laughs> Golly, look at you! Look at you! You thought you slipped. I couldn't slip. do it. I couldn't do it. I did it slip. earlier, and you had no idea. No, I. I, did, I had no idea, but I knew you did something, but I couldn't. I didn't know what you did. I knew something happened because you had that little grin on your face. I that couldn't Texas help it. Grin on your face. Hey, let's uh, get to a couple of these super chats real quick. James E. O. Hankins, the second, had great heel turns in the Schmodown. God bless. Thank you. God bless us all every day, all the time. God is good. Had great heel turns in the Schmodown, but. Is the professor to the delinquent the best face turn in Schmodown history? And can we get a live FCL in Houston in the future? I don't know. Was the delinquent turn supposed to be a face turn? I mean, is he truly a face, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't know. Or do we just like him? I mean, doesn't that sensibly make you a face if you're well liked? Not necessarily. But, like, for like the character he's playing, though, like. Like, like a, yeah, I don't know. Because he has no qualities that you'd say oh he's such a great guy yeah because he's like he doesn't really care i, I think right. i want a good guy to care <laughs> you would you would like that yeah. right yeah so i guess he's he's more of an anti-hero yeah so i don't know and as far as a um fcl live in houston i don't know anything's possible but, awesome. but i will say i will say to this question though um going from the professor to the delinquent i think was a great one of the best uh transitions of a character from one to another that I think has ever happened in Schmodown. And we're gonna go to the take takeon of the source? Yeah. Did I say that? Right? Takeon of the source? With the five That's pounds. That's how I'd say, yeah, sure. Five pounds. How much do you think stone weighs? Like you know how they say, oh, he weighs fifteen stone or whatever. What? What do you think that do you know how to do that? No. How to convert that? I'm an American. <laughs> what's the likelihood else. what's the likelihood <laughs> of uh an all-corruption number one contender match now that JTE versus Collins has been announced. Marisol could be championed by then. Well, that's let's let's capitalize and italicize and underline could. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying she can't, but like we're that's a, we're a bit of a ways from we're that. a bit of a ways away from that. Yeah. Um. What's the likelihood? Seventeen percent chance. <laughs> I love how you came up with that 17. I saw you working it behind the eyes. Yeah, I, I wanted that. to make sure that I had it right. Uh, oh, one stone is 14 pounds. Thank you, Saul. I don't care. I don't. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> great information. I just don't. Like, what? why is that even pertinent? Why is that I don't pertinent? know. It was just on my mind. It was on my spirit. <laughs> I felt like I had to say something. Uh, I'm glad people know that useless information. I, I, I really do. Why am I being such a I weigh 12 and a half stone. You weigh 12 and a half? Just so everyone knows. Oh boy! What's your likelihood of it? Come What's on, man. Likelihood Answer of an question. all corruption number one contender match now that JTE versus Collins has been announced. So you're 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 a number one contender match in singles. Yeah, I I don't. Well, because then it no yeah because who would be on the other side of that? Because if Marisol beats whoever Kevin Smith Marisol plays whoever might be champion, whether that's Bateman or Merle. Unless there's another title match in between, which I'm not sure, certain there is, so Marisol could but end up. Does Bateman have to beat Irwin? Right. So it's Bateman, so it be versus... Irwin, Bateman, Merle. Irwin, Bateman, Merle versus, versus 
Kevin Marisol. or Marisol. <laughs> yeah. Versus the winner of potentially JT oh, versus Chance Carl. versus Snyder was also announced. That's right. That's right. Chance versus Snyder. Oh, that's okay. Right. okay. That was, yeah, that's the one I forget about. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, they have corruption has three very elite singles players. So yeah, it's it's I say it's a decent possibility. Um, so seventeen percent sounds good to me. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll go. I'll go uh, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Twenty-three. I'll say twenty-three percent. Um. So before we move to Alvarez versus Schloth, which I really enjoyed that match, by the way. Yeah. Do you want to address your main title here, or do let's we do this? Because you want to talk about it? Okay. here on on the screen here, because uh -huh. I'm curious about yes. what what the audience out there thinks. Yes. So I want to know in, in the comments in the chat. Um, uh, before we get into this, I will give Saul his due time here just for his comment you put in here. Saul's well, true. Frank, I only know that because growing up watching WCW Lord Steven Regal's weight was given in stone, so it drove me nuts until I learned it. That's fair. That's have fair. you ever have you ever heard? Now it wasn't Lord Steven Regal, but when Steven Regal first came over to WWE, have you ever heard his theme song? I have not. It's I don't think so. It's sensational. He was billed as the real man's man, right? And he came out in jean shorts and a flannel and like a hard hat. And his theme would go, he's a man, such a man. <laughs> he's a real man, a real man's man. That sounds vaguely familiar. It's so great. And there's like, yeah. there's like, there's like video of him like hammering things and <laughs> It's so he's terrible. Like, was he like the Ron Swanson of WCW? He he was just he's a, he was the real man's man okay. is what he was. But talk about these perfect games. All right, so uh, on the screen, just to clarify what you're looking at if you're watching this uh, on the video side, tw between 2020 last year and this year 2021, in singles, I'm talking about perfect accurate games, not perfect PPE games, just perfect accurate games. Last year in singles, there there was eight of those matches. Uh, or and these are perfect games? Perfect, accurate games. Perfect, not necessarily accurate. perfect PPE. Um, eight perfect, accurate games last season in the, in the singles division, four of which were actually perfect 100% okay. PPE. Um, but that four does not mean what that – it's just a coincidence. That oh. four there is for 2021. How many perfect, accurate games we've had this season in 2021? So, so less, so far. Yeah, so far. So we've had half as many – as we did last year, and three of those four perfect games, perfect accurate games this year, have been perfect um, point-wise, so PPE. In teams, we didn't have any of that happen last year. We've had three perfect accurate games happen mm. this season already, one of which was, or two of which, I'm sorry, one of which, nope, two of which, <laughs> I was right the first time, two of which were perfect point-wise. That was obviously Deception, and then Shazam just did it in a five-round, so three-round and five-round. And then in Inner Geekdom last year, we had three perfect, accurate games, two of which, uh, one of which, I'm sorry, one of which was a perfect PPE game. And then this year so far, we've had two, and both of them have been perfect uh, PPE games. And in Star Wars, this is the real, this is just mm. how crazy this division's gotten. Last year, in 2020, shorter type of schedule for Star Wars Division last year, sure, we had three perfect, accurate games, two of which were perfect point-wise. This year we've had six, and five of them have been perfect point-wise. Um, it's just a considerable uptick in Star Wars. 
inner geekdom is starting to get up there. Teams, all of a sudden, it's never happened before. A perfect game, a perfectly accurate game. It's never happened in teams until this year. Now we have three instances. Singles, we're already halfway there what we had last year. Um, so the question is, Brad, as these happen more and more frequently, does the perfect game become less special? It's still an incredible feat, no doubt. But does it become less special? Because I kind of equate it to baseball, perfect games. There's there's a perfect uh, perfect game. There's a no-hitter, right? Right. And there's more no-hitters than perfect games. Sure. But still, incredible feats. And that's kind of how perfect accurate, perfect PPE games are equated. And they're so special when they happen in baseball. Because if there were more of them, we wouldn't be all like so crazy about them. So it's funny that you bring that up because I actually had looked this up maybe like a year or two ago. I think somebody was about – they're pitching a no-hitter, but it was it was like on the verge of a perfect game. I can't remember what, what, what I was watching. It was some baseball game. And um, I was watching. I think it ended up being a no-hitter because he walked a guy. But I was like, I wonder how many perfect games there have been in baseball history, right? Because I yeah. think we all remember watching the Randy Johnson perfect game on television as it happened. At least I did when he played for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks yeah. So I was wondering, like, how many perfect games have there been? Since 1870 or whatever the whatever the MLB kind of started as a National League, how many perfect games do you think there have been, or do you know? Uh, I think it's like in the 40s, maybe? In the 40s. There's been 23. Jesus, that's insane. 23 perfect games, right? Um, let's see, 8 plus 4 plus, what is that, 29, 28, 29? In the last two seasons of the movie Trivia Schmodown, there have been 29 perfect games one way or another. Right, that's a yeah. lot. It's a lot, right? In in a two in a year and a half. Now I know this isn't baseball, but I'm just using it as a as a metric. Twenty three to twenty nine. Baseball's been around for a hundred plus years. <laughs> this is just this is just eighteen months of schmodown. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that they are less special, and I don't think that that is, that's not necessarily a bad thing. When anything happens more frequently, it becomes less special. You 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 could you know, I don't know. It could it snows once in a blue moon here in Texas. After this year, we're hoping it never snows again. But it snows once in a blue moon here in Houston. When it snows, it's special. But in Chicago, right, it snows like every day, right. <laughs> so it's even in yeah. the summer. So it's not special there, right? The more frequently something happens, it's by definition less special. So do they still mean something? Yes. Uh, are they still a great credit to the player or players who achieve that goal? Absolutely. Are they less special? By definition, they would have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And before I get into what I'm going to say here is if anyone else in the chat, because I'm going to go through this this uh, live chat and see and pop up some, some comments on the screen. So if you have anything you want to say about whether or not you think perfect games are becoming less or more special – um, you know, put it put it in the chat, and then uh, uh, I'll look through those real quick. But what I'm going to say also is, perfect games in baseball, like Talk they don't necessarily it. you don't necessarily need them to win games, right? You no. don't need no hitters to win games. In the showdown, you need sometimes you need a perfect game to win a game. Well, especially in that last category you have right there, Star Wars. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You you like have to go perfect just to win, and so. That in and of itself is more of more. It becomes more or less a requirement, not yeah. um, like an extracurricular. You know, not a not a special happenstance, right? It's now a requirement, especially in Star Wars. And I think it's 
kind of getting near there for singles, to tell you the truth. Um, teams, I think it's going to be probably the most special we could have because um, while a certain player, I think someone referenced here, I'll get to it in the chat, you know, Mike had a perfect game in a team setting. Plenty of players have actually done that. A handful of players have done that. But collectively as a team, that's that's kind of what this number is talking about. Um, it just hasn't happened until this year, year eight, right? Really year seven for teams, you know, we're starting back in 2015 all the way up until this year. So it's going to become, I think, more special. I think it might just become reserved, reserved for teams in terms of special specialness. Whereas I think singles in Star Wars, it's just kind of become the run of the mill. Singles, it's getting there. You miss one question, you still might have a shot to miss it uh, or to, to win the game. Two, it's getting close. Three, maybe you're not going to win that match at these elite levels. Um, so, And then you get the inner geekdom. I think up until, I think this season, if we had not expanded, I think we this number in inner geekdom would be a little bit higher. But because of the new... Uh, movies infused into the division. I think it's kind of brought it back down. It's still incredible that we're still getting them right now, even with these new categories. I mean, Robert Parker and a couple of his matches just was just mowing everything down, and he won't be the only one because Chandru, Mike Kalinowski, Mark Hanopic. I mean, they're gonna have they're gonna have those types of performances. Um, I'm gonna go look into this chat now. Go for and, it and see just what, uh, what what the chat is saying. Um, and to clarify. Some other things here. Uh, Ryan Chasen asks, does this include steals for the perfect accuracy? Yes. Anything a player is asked. Mm. If it's a steal opportunity, a speed round question, um, a betting round, if a player is asked that if a player is asked a question and it has availability for points, that's factored into the stat line. Gotcha. Um, so uh, Haskell420 here says Haskell! The real and most important question is this. Well, I don't know. I think I already asked it, but why is the star of the Soul Show not your special guest tonight? Back to Bad Chaos. Guessed it on three after shows last week. He should be on the main after show. Yeah, probably. But uh, What up, yeah. Saul? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Let me. Uh, can some. Uh, okay, here we go. James Hankins again. Can some of the perfection be partially attributed to what we've heard about the wheel getting revealed much earlier? Is that true? I, I mean, I know that the the wheel. I think players see it like the morning of their match. I think. Um, well, I don't know how much of a significant difference. I, that I don't know, have. but it, because I think would it, would it have a difference? Yeah, but would it have a significant? I think difference? knowing what is available on the wheel is a is a is something that players have keyed in on. You know, I know what slices to study. I know if if Spielberg is a slice, I know I can just study that. You know, if 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 um, you know, Stephen Stephen King is a slice. I can study those movies. So I think that's a little bit, but I don't know that there's enough time in between knowing what's on the wheel and then on your match that can give you an advantage. Um, but possibly for some players. Uh, Haskell again says, yes, perfect games. While cool is now not as special. Ryan Chase, uh, I already read that one. Taking of the source. Mike Hanelsi had a perfect accurate, perfect accurate game in teams. First finding pause correct and and again that's not taking that's not really really what we're talking about or what I'm talking about in terms of perfect games but yeah I mean that's also I think another feat to to note for sure uh, Fool's Guild perfect games are becoming less special but at the same time every season is better than the last just about every player is bringing it and it's awesome yeah I agree I, every season seems to get better and better with the level of competition 
uh, I think what may start to become addressed is have the players caught up too much to where the game is at. Now the game mm. will have to take another level to kind of make that separation again, kind of like what they did with Inner Geekdom, I think, but do it right. across the board, and which I think they're going to have to do in Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's here. Ronnie B. Good says, in Star Wars now, it feels like the player who doesn't get a perfect game loses. Yeah. I mean, you look at Zach Burkett, you look at Gold Leader himself, I mean, you look at Murray Wilson, you check down, it, it's brutal in that division. Um, let's see here. Garth McMurray. I like the round one questions to mix it up more and have tougher ones in there. Yeah, there is a lot of perfect first rounds. That's been happening for the past couple of seasons. That that number's been on the rise for sure. Joshua Howe. Once you get to elite play in any division, I do think they are less special just because they are necessary. You can't not play at least near perfect, even in singles, if you want a chance to go far. Yeah, when it becomes a requirement, I think I think that's pretty much what it comes down to. Is If it's a requirement, it's not really as special because what's so special about what's required? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. If it's required, it's, it's again, inherently less special. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're required to go to work. So, so it's just it kind of be... like interesting, interesting numbers to keep track of. I think it is. throughout the rest of this year because I'm curious to see you know what happens. And it's not. And the other thing is, uh, and it's not to pit one crew against another in terms of we've had a transition of of question writers. Right, Chris Kalinsky mm-hmm. was helming for a long time, and then PJ Campbell, and he brought in a team, and and so there is this transition, right? And I think it is curious to look at. You know, and also, and like some of this is also, um, you know, just how the, the the league overall wants to evolve the game and change the game and modify it in certain ways. So there is all of that, but I think it is something noteworthy to keep track of in terms of are we getting too many perfect games? Because I, I I don't want to see twelve perfect games a year in any division. You know, like that's. Because it becomes almost a little like Star Wars, where it's becoming a little just too predictable, and there's no opportunity for comebacks. There's no opportunity for you know massive point swings. We rarely get that stuff, and that's very exciting yeah. when it does happen. I mean, when Mike Kalinowski was trailing Rachel Cushing in those title matches, Oof. right? He was getting smoked, blown out of the water, and then there was this opportunity, and that's due to the five round format as well. But there was still opportunity for um, those type of of events within a match that happened. So, and, and Rachel and Mike weren't going perfect in those matches either, you know, getting pretty close, but it wasn't perfect. And so there was still wiggle room. And the less wiggle room, I think, that happens in matches going forward, I think can can make for, for predictability also just, you know, not as enjoyable. Well, still enjoyable, ask- but not as much. In pers- for my personal taste, I should say. Um, I will say this, man. I think that um, what we are seeing also is just leveling up of yeah, ability yeah, from yeah. all players. And when when everyone is studying more and everyone is strategizing more, there's more of a likelihood of of, of perfectness. If, yeah, if that's and that's what I mean that. by the separation. Yeah. Like, right. there's like the players are going to catch up to where the league is at, and then the league's got to look at that. I think and go, okay, you're at that level. We'll raise our game. Now come come catch us again if you can do it, you know. Yeah, catch me. Yeah, if you if can, you can. Yeah, that's right. Um, now I I I, I want to make sure that we give every match its attention, 
as I do have somewhat of a heart out here. But okay. um, let's talk about Alvarez and Schloth. Okay. This is my overall on this one. First off, really fun match to watch. I always love when a match goes into sudden death. It's always inherently more fun to watch because you have no idea what's going to happen. It seems as though what sunk the ship of Jessica Sloth was, um, Sloth was, even though they don't say categories in sudden death, wrestlers in film seem to be the category. I would think that question would fall under. The last question was, the great Kali made his uh, film debut in what, 2005, and Adam Sandler's sports comedy. Yeah. And I just happened to know that it was The Longest Yard, which has other. Can you name the other professional wrestlers in The Longest Yard? There are no. three others. Can't. Three others. No idea? John Cena. I don't know. No. You've never seen The Longest Yard? No, I haven't. <gasps> you haven't seen The Longest Yard? No, I haven't. Oh, you would like The Longest Yard. I I know I would. I know I would. Yeah, you that's, would like it. That's why you I haven't seen like it. it. I don't like to watch things I like. No, dude, you would actually like it. It's I fun. know I would like it a lot, probably. Nelly, Michael Irvin, yeah. Chris oh, Rock. Yeah, 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 those names ring a bell. Burt Reynolds. Oh, Burt back. Burt's back. Burt's back. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yes, of course. I'll watch it now with Stone Cold. Yeah. Kevin Nash, Big <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> that's great. And Goldberg. Goldberg. Oh, well, of course, yeah. you got to have Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. A lot of others. A lot of others. Um, one of the guys I interviewed, and I can't remember his name. What's the actor's name? I'll think of it in a minute. He played Captain Canower. Someone tell me what his name is. Um, but so that was what's what's sunk Jess in overtime. Yeah. But man, I'll tell you what. How old is Jess? She's like twenty something, twenty two, twenty three. Twenty three, maybe. Twenty three. She's gonna be something, man. If she sticks in this movie trivia thing. I think she I think she could be the champion. I really do. I think she could be the champion of Movie Tree Schmodown. To know what she knows at twenty-two years of age and just to be getting her feet wet in this game, man, if she um I don't know what she's doing from a studying perspective or what have you, but I just really think she's got such a great foundation. And obviously, Frankie Alvarez won the match. I want to give him his flowers. The man yeah, yeah, yeah. pulled it out. I don't, I'm not trying to minimize him at all. William Fincher, that's right. Um, that's who I interviewed. Thank you. Uh, but Frankie Alvarez, um, he, he did win the match, and he played well. But I think Frankie's got to be at least at least a decade older than Jess, right? Possibly. Yeah. At least a decade. And I think that that's where some of some of this actually played a factor. Age has a factor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In all sports. And Schmodown, it definitely has a factor just based on what are things that you naturally pick up, right? Like um, there's certain movies that you, you watch growing up that you just happen to know a lot about that maybe I don't because there's a bit of an age difference between you and I. Or there's certain movies that I know, like the back of my hand, that maybe you've never even heard of because it wasn't in your growing up kid generation. Sure. Right? Um, so I think that's where age will have a, a, a factor to play in in the schmodown. And I think that had something to do with Frankie Alvarez's win. But I, I really, like like we were talking about with Chance, I want to buy up all the, all the crypto on Jess. <laughs> I want to buy it all up because I really feel like this girl, man, she's got it. She's got it. I don't know why. I just have that feeling. Hmm. You know, this match made me think like, yeah, I think she could she could make some some noise. I Frankie don't... is 28, so we're the same age. Oh, look at that. I thought he was like 32. 
So I'm not far off. I mean, you know, it's the beard, I think. You know. The beard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the beard, Frankie. Yeah, yeah. Francisco? I, I, th- I think um, – I don't think you're completely wrong on that. I think giving, given how young she is and if she stays in this for, you know, five, six years, you know, she has such a good base already that she will add to that over the, right. over the next couple of years. And if you do stay really committed – I mean, we've seen players who – who decide to like go really hard at this for like two years and now they start reaping those benefits. And I think Jess could definitely be one of those players. I think there's a lot of players like that, but I think you're right in terms of uh, the newer players that we've seen this year. I think she's certainly one of them that could, if you really put in the time to commit, because I mean, I think there's plenty of players out there who have a great base of knowledge, but if they're not able to or want to commit the time, then they'll just probably stay there or maybe elevate a little bit, but won't really, I think, at the end of the day, challenge for any kind of you know belt or a number contender match or get anywhere near those heights. Jazz, I think you're right. I think she could. As and I also think that same for for Frankie Alvarez as well. Sure. You know? um, and so this when you talk about this was a fun match to watch. It really was. I did. This is my enjoy- favorite match of the week. Okay, you it's know my what? favorite one to watch um, at all. I'll say today's match was my favorite match of the week. Okay, but, okay that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, but I think I did like this one as well because I. Th- you know what's interesting though is I. I think the way that that Jess has positioned herself in the league in terms of her character, I think she's going to be such a stark contrast to just about anybody she plays, and I, I think you know in her promo the only thing she said I think was. Two and zero, here I come. Right, it was the only thing she said. Yeah, and and, and uh, I kind of like that angle where you're not really saying anything, you know, because you're all about the action and not really, you know, the talking. Whereas Frank Alvarez, it was, you know, he had a lot to say, <laughs> and it was great, right. you know. But it was such a contrasting style, and it kind of crossed over into the match as well a little bit. It and, can be. And, I, it I feel like Jess could be very disarming. Right? Sure. Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. come in with all this piss and vinegar and gusto and. And, and and charisma and all this stuff. And then Jez like, hey, yeah, yeah, here are the answers to the questions. And you're like, oh, hey, 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 how's it going? <laughs> like you, you're almost disarmed um, uh, uh, by her. And I think that's great. Yeah. That plays into her, plays into her uh, appeal. One one tuck tuck. Yeah, he says. Uh, but the oldest players are not necessarily the best. I wonder if there's if there is a bell curve in there. So there's a there's another component to. Having having the age is is nice, but it also requires right. you to have actually watched a lot of movies. You yeah. certainly have the cape or the perhaps you might have the the propensity to have seen a ton of movies because you are older. Doesn't necessarily translate as a trivia prowess. Um, so having age is great, but if you haven't seen a lot of movies like myself, like. I've seen a lot of movies, but like I've no, I've, I've nowhere seen as, as many as you know, like Bibbs or Snyder or no, Kalinowski, no. right? Like absolutely, that's why I'm not playing in, in the showdown. But you know, so yeah, I think there's it's age is a it's factor. Different. Yeah, it is a factor. But, it's not the only factor, but no, yeah, but 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 it, I mean, you take it to any take it to any sport, right? Look at Tom Brady. Is he, you know, he's, he's he's an older player. Is he better because he's older? Well, I mean, he's not as athletic as maybe he once was. I mean, yeah. his athleticism has always been in question, but he's smart. He's a smarter player now to where you have somebody 
Like, give me somebody who is like Cam. Take Cam Newton a couple seasons ago, or or you know somebody in that vein who's a younger quarterback who can be a lot more athletic and explosive, and he's right. more of a threat to run the ball. There are things that um, are, are benefit a pro and a con of being younger player or being an older player. I think that. Um, but age is a factor in the schmodown. I, I think so. Yeah. I think that that's just goes without saying. And if you if you were alive in the seventies, you probably have a better chance of getting more questions right about the seventies and eighties than somebody who was born in the late nineties, maybe the year two thousand. Right. 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 I think the other thing too is because um, Garth McMurray notes, you know, kind of. Um, or uh, Entertainment 720, rather, slower recall for some, you know, as you get sure. older. And, like, when – also, like, Jess is, like, pretty fresh out of college, so she's kind of like that studying brain. She knows how to study. Yes. So, like, there's there's those types of methods where maybe it's – when you're younger, you can, like, cram much more easier than if you were older. So if you're older, maybe you need, like, okay, I need a week on this category. Whereas if you're younger, like, give me, like, two days. I can bubble like, Give me an Adderall and Wikipedia, <laughs> right, and I'll yeah. get it popping. So there, there's a lot of different <laughs> factors. Um, but I think I think what we saw with this match between Frankie Alvarez and Jess Loth, uh, promising promising players for sure. Yeah, Gar McMorris says, yep, I do better in 70s, 80s yeah. movies because yeah. I grew up watching then watching a lot of movies. Yeah. I grew and that's up just, like, off of your base level of knowledge, right? You just that's have just it. Your, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Now that I know... Alvarez and I are the same age. That I guarantee you, that's why he saw the Longest Yard. Longest Yard was was a was a movie that I remember all of my friends seeing when it came mm. out in like seventh grade. We all went and saw uh, the Longest Yard because Nelly was huge in the mid two thousands. Nobody was funnier than Chris Rock. Two pair, yeah. And 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 Adam Sandler. And then it had all the had all the wrestlers in it. So I was going to go see it. Um, so anyway, there you go. That was that game. Why was Horowitz and Lieberman your favorite of the week? Just because I like Lieberman's character, the you like tyrant, his shtick. And, yeah, his shtick, and Josh Horowitz, he he's he's been impressive, and yeah. and there and there is something to the effect of he's from like the entertainment industry, and he's another one of those you know he's a he does you know he works for MTV right, and so mm-hmm. it's how much does someone within the industry know? I mean, it's very exciting when we get, like, that Paul Walter Hauser match he had. Like, that was incredible. Like, I love seeing that stuff because there's something, I think, to be said, at least in my opinion, where when I see someone, like an actor, whether it's Sam Levine, Brendan Meyer, um, like these working actors or or producers like Ethan Irwin, you know, um, these other people heavily involved in the industry in, in big ways, and you get someone like Josh Horowitz, who's who's widely re- respected, and um, you know I think <laughs> Ty during the week prior to this match, you know he retweeted that Keanu Reeves video with with Josh Horowitz, <laughs> where he just got Bill or uh, the names mixed up, yeah, um, for Bill and Ted, you know with the re- and it was just you know and and someone like that, I think it's very exciting that someone involved. With the, like all that day to day stuff, if you will, can come in and actually has actually retained it and re- and can recall it. Um, that's exciting for me. Same thing with like Kevin Smith, like director, loves movies, but how much does he can recall? And it's not that's not to justify his love of movies. No, it's just it's cool when you can see someone that I think you might admire from afar or love their work 
and they're also able to tell you, you know, everything about Whoopi Goldberg movies, right? So right, right, it, right. There's something that that I gravitate towards in that sense, and it's kind of similar with with Josh Horowitz, and um, it's really cool to see also someone kind of fully buy into our kind of like corner of the internet, you know. And really, just kill it as well. You know. Yeah, I know that, that that's definitely cool. And by the way, short aside, Kevin Smith, I I hate to say, other than Cop Out, I had never seen a Kevin Smith movie. Right? Whoa! I know that's crazy, right? So this last week, I've gone on a complete binge. Nice. So I saw Dogma a couple months ago. Great. And then now I'm almost done with all of Kevin Smith, except for Yoga Hosers and mm. Clerks Two. And I haven't gotten to those, but I've watched all the other ones. And I can I say something? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, some of them are of their time, right? Like, they, they, there's definitely some moments where they're of their time. But overall, man, I really, really have fun with uh, with all Kevin Smith films. I gotta say, Dogma might be my favorite thus far. I really I've, like. I really like Dogma. I, I love. Dogma's um, so good. Mall well, Josh, I love the. I love, Mall Rats is hilarious. I watched that last night. Great. Yeah. But the scenes so between Matt and Ben in Dogma are really my favorite parts of that, that opening movie. scene in the airport. Oh, it's so fantastic! <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's it great. is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to Kevin I gotta re- Smith. I got to rewatch. It. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I love that movie. Yeah. It was yeah, one of the very know, first Kevin Smith movies I ever watched. I, I couldn't Rats. find it yeah. streaming anywhere, so I actually had to buy the DVD. Why don't you just DM Kevin? Be like, yo. Like, give me a schmodown, you know. Give me like a screener. Yeah, give me like a, sh- like how about another fellow schmodown, you know. Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> Strike Back is really funny. Yes, it is. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and the reboot was funny. Reboot was funny. The reboot was yeah. I, I enjoyed the reboot actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Reboot was funny. So um yeah man, well what was the final score Horowitz and Lieberman? Twenty six twenty three. It went down to the five pointers. I mean it was a tight tight match from the onset. Uh, although. Ty Lieberman. Here's what I mean. The funny part about this match is that Ty Lieberman needed a repeat, and it and it burned him, but it helped Josh Horowitz in the process, which led to a perfect first round. And then, ostensibly, um, you, well, you almost got that family question, the um, the bonus question, but it could have really, really, really burned Lieberman. Burned him a little bit, but not as much as it could. And so it was eight to seven at the end of the first round. Josh Horowitz, he spins away from video games, lands on opponent's choice, so Tyler Lieberman's like, well, give him video games. And I don't know, this could have been a situation of a rope-a-dope because Horowitz goes 4-for-4 four four for the full eight points. Right. And at this point in the match, he seemingly goes full heel Ben Bateman, let me drag out the time, let me, you know. And I think it's an interesting tactic against someone like Ty Lieberman and the kind of persona he's been yeah. you know, displaying. And so, because Ty's coming in here and he's got the whole Ty KO thing going and along with the exchange. So, uh, right to be good, it was uh, double opponents, but we'll get to um, Lieberman's uh, spin. But it was interesting to watch Josh play it that way and, and just really just drag it out because I think at some point, especially when it's opponent's choice and you're just killing it. And by the time you get to that third question, if I'm tired, I'm just like, please just let's get this over with. Let's just get right. it over with. And, that's, and that might be a little bit aggravating. But Ty came back, uh, spun opponent's choice. I mean, they, actually, they hit video games a couple times or whatever it was. <laughs> they had to keep respinning the thing. And he lands on opponents, and then they give him young adult, which I think is a good move just because, again, you talk about the age factor. Um, Ty's a little bit older. 
and young adults made for young adults, <laughs> you know? And so mostly young adults are going to go see those for sure. Um, but he will, he goes for for four, and but only picks up the six points, uh, dropping the multiple choice twice. So he's down three points, 16 to 13 to Horowitz. And, um, you know, Lever, or I'm sorry, Horowitz seemingly in control uh, this through this entire first two rounds and going into this final round, which was pretty impressive against someone like Ty Lieberman, who, who I thought was pretty impressive in his debut. Obviously, Horowitz has been impressive in both of his showings and teams and in singles. So, but it was nice to see that type, those types of performances be repeated here against someone like Ty Lieberman, who I think has already displayed in very short uh, time and one match, someone to take notice of and 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 be cautious of. But Josh Horowitz, I mean, he didn't. He has only missed the bonus question. When we get yeah. this final round. Both Ty and Josh um, go three for three, hitting some tough questions there. And Josh Horowitz, dude's for real. He's for real. Like he's for real. He's a real deal. He's a real deal. I mean, Ty is too. But getting this win in the manner in which he did, missing only one question, the bonus question, um, big deal. Um, and he's for real. Lieberman only missing one question as well, which was in the first round. And who knows? If, I think he seems like he would have possibly got that bonus question, but he did check down to multiple choice a couple times. So he still played great. Um, this is a fantastic match. I just loved Ty coming in here with his character. And then Josh kind of seemingly disarming him, You know, as we were talking about in that last match, uh, with kind of just slow playing, drawing out these answers and really kind of just slowing the pace down. And it seemed to... I don't know if it really did anything to affect Ty Lieberman, but it certainly, I think, affected the overall dynamic of the match. And it made it more in favor, I think, of Josh Horowitz, if that makes any sense. Yeah, man, I, I got to say, I, after you kind of laid your case out of why you like this match the most, you've, you've kind of won me over a little <laughs> bit. Because I did really enjoy watching this one earlier today. I'm going to stick with Alvarez and, 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 and Jess as my favorite of the week. But what a great week of matches. Yeah. Um, we have one big one tomorrow night. I, I hate to... Uh, uh, um, what, what, is, what, what, is, uh, what is the word for a cut short? Not circumvent. Curtail. curtail. I, I I hate to curtail our show, so but I do I do have a hard out. So let's talk about the um, match for tomorrow. You're going to see um, Moses going at it against Haas, and then the 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 battlefield itself is the Ben Bateman versus Ethan Irwin. Man, Amaru, I saw a fan poll or or the IG poll on on the Schmodown's Instagram, and he ran away with it. Like I think he had seventy or eighty percent. Uh, or more, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it tells you where where people put uh, they put a premium on Amaru. Well, here's what I'll say about that though. I when it comes to this type of poll, where someone has been so visible in the community in terms of like the he's from of the family for so yeah. all those family leaders they know who Amaru is. They're gonna back their dude, and that's great. Nobody knows anything about Moose. He, he wasn't in the family as far as I know. I can't see anything. There's nothing of him really out there. Um, he's only played that one match, so that's the only type of visibility he has. So it doesn't surprise me that a poll skewed heavily in Amaru's favor. I don't think people, and, and this you can call this whatever you want to call it, but it's not like 
someone looked at the poll and go and really thought, who who do I think is gonna win? Because if you just looked at Moose's first match and you looked at Amaru's first match, honestly, I would say Moose. Yeah, I would say Moose, and that's not to say Amaru couldn't do it, but if you just look at look at that, so that's why I think that poll is skewed. Uh, skewed, yes. The view but, is like, skewed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You look at you. Look at me. Look yeah. At you. View is skewed. Yeah. Um. But it doesn't mean that Amaru can't beat Moose. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I don't think it's that's a good indication of how people really think. What, and I could be off, but I I think you know when someone else has more visibility for a longer period of time, they go, ah, "That's the guy I know. I'm gonna click." You know, especially if you come from the fan leagues, they like to stick together and root for each other, and that's great. Um, so they're gonna click for their for their friend and their guy, and they should. If that's who you're backing and that's who you're rooting for, there's Obviously, there's no. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it's skewed the same way. Never mind. <laughs> I was okay, yeah. Say I was gonna say well, something else. I'll, I'll save it for. I want to uh, chill out there. I was gonna um, save it for another time. <laughs> save it for another time. Save it for another time. So I got about sixty seconds or less. So let's talk about Ben Bateman versus Ethan Irwin. Going into this, I'm going to just say because we've seen the trilogy of Ethan and Dan. Yeah, I want to see the trilogy of Ben and Dan, and I hear rumors on the internets of live tapings perhaps starting again. Yeah, right. It's up well, in I mean, the air. That's going to happen for Collision. It's going to be a hybrid, yeah. two two online, two live, yeah. two online, two live, or studio rather. Uh, yeah. Or yeah, in studio. I would really love. And is is the singles title going to be up for grabs on that card? On Collision. Yeah, no. no. Okay, um, but you would yeah, have but, to th- yeah. you'd have to think if Bateman versus Merle were to occur, they'd want to do it in a live format, well, whether in studio or in a small. Whoever audience. Merle plays, it's gonna. I think there's the hopefully. I know, the I know, I know. Back, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. just imagine we get the trilogy match, you know, back in person, yeah, right? To end it, yeah, yeah, yeah. To end it, right? A live event, an that. online event, and then a studio <laughs> event. That'd yeah, I mean, you could really have All a three. full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's for that reason only, I'm going Bateman. You're going to be talking about this match live tomorrow night as it goes off the air with PLD, Pretty that's Little right. What. Um, who do you, what is going to be your prediction right now? Let's lock it in. I would like, I, I would too would like to see Bateman Merle 3 just to kind of wrap everything up. It'd be great. And because they're teammates now, too, like closer than ever. Yes, I mean, it just makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. How do you study when it's with the guy that you always study with? Yeah. You know what I mean? Ah! You can find him on all social media at FrankieJ29. Check out anything that he has going on. Go walk, go look at, by the way, again, man, I want to wish you a happy Father's Day. I hope it was good for you as no, it, it was, was great. for me. Yeah, it was so okay. good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just glad that I could bring attention to that matter. And you can find me on all social media at Brad Gilmore. This is the Shmona Rundown, the only show that matters. And Frank Janice will be back tomorrow night. Don't go anywhere. He's a real man.